Welcome to Golden Gems with Dave Shaw and Bill Hansen. We review each week the career and personal life of one of the great unforgettable artists of the golden days of radio. So please join with us on a trip down memory lane as we take a look at today's artist. Then go to our website, www.goldengems.net, where we will also look at more of their career and play some of their most unforgettable great hits, which we are unable to share on the podcast. We invite you to join us there also. But for now, sit back and relax as we talk about the life of today's unforgettable artist of the golden days of radio. Welcome to Golden Gems. This is Dave Sean, Bill Hansen. We've been kind of uh, suffering from a little uh, wintertime sickness the past few weeks, and our voices are not quite up to par, but we hope that you'll excuse us for that. And today we're going to be uh, reviewing some of the songs that we have uh, played on goldengems.net. If you haven't had a chance, we invite you to go listen to them. Christmas Lullaby is a popular sacred choral composition by John Rutter. He wrote his own text beginning Clear in the Darkness, three stanzas with the refrain Ave Maria. Rutter scored the piece for four-part vocal and piano. He composed it on a 1989 commission from the Bach Choir for the celebration of the 70th birthday of their conductor, David Wilcox. It was first performed at the choir's Christmas concert at the Royal Albert Hall in London, an event that Rudder knew from being a member of the audience as a boy. Christmas Lullaby has been recorded numerous times, notably with a composer conduction the Cambridge Singers, on an album, the John Rudder Christmas Album. The Christmas song, commonly subtitled Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, is a classic Christmas song written in 1945 by Robert Wells and Mel Torme. According to Torme, the song was written in July during a blistering hot summer. In an effort to stay cool by thinking cool, the Christmas song was born. Torme recalled that he saw a spiral pad on Wells' piano with four lines written in pencil. Bob didn't think he was writing a song lyric, but 40 minutes later Torme said the song was written. Torme wrote all the music and some of the lyrics. The Nat King Cole trio first recorded the song in 1946. Cole also recorded several other versions later with different orchestration. The original 1946 recording was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1974. In the Bleak Midwinter is a popular Christmas carol that was written by Christina Rossetti in the 19th century. Its lyrics poetically describe the birth of Jesus and the scene of his nativity. In verse 1, Rossetti describes the physical circumstances of the Incarnation in Bethlehem. In verse 2, Rossetti contrasts Christ's first and second coming. The poem was published under the title, A Christmas Carol, in January of 1872. The poem first appeared set to music in the English hymnal in 1906 with a setting by Gustav Holst. I'll Be Home for Christmas is a Christmas song written by the lyricist Kim Gannon and composer Walter Kent 
and recorded in 1943 by Bing Crosby. He scored a top ten hit with the song, originally written to honor soldiers overseas who longed to be home at Christmas time. It has since gone on to become a Christmas standard. Many of the carols we sing have a rich theological tradition, and Hark the Herald Angels Sing is no exception. It was written by Charles Wesley, who was an English Methodist leader and hymn writer. Wesley wrote over 6,000 hymns. His goal in writing hymns was to teach the poor and illiterate sound doctrine. His brother John Wesley, a famous theologian and founder of Methodism, said that Charles' hymnals was the best theological book in existence. Some have noted that Methodism was born in song, and Charles was the chief songwriter. Wesley, inspired by the sounds of London church bells while walking to church on Christmas Day, wrote the Hark poem about a year after his conversion to be read on Christmas Day. The poem first appeared in hymns and sacred poems in 1739 with the opening line of Hark, How the Welkin Rings. In 1753, George Whitefield, a student and eventual colleague of Wesley's, adapted the poem into the song we now know today. It was Whitefield who penned the phrase, Newborn King. The Bells of St. Mary's is a 1917 popular song. The music was written by A. Emmett Adams, the lyrics by Douglas Ferber, following a visit to St. Mary's Church in Southampton, England. It was published by the London company Asherberg, Hopwood and Crew. The song was revived in 1945 in the film of the same name by Bing Crosby and Ingrid Bergman. Silent Night is a popular Christmas carol composed in 1818 by Franz Xavier Gruber. Two lyrics by Joseph Moore in the small town of Oberndorf, Salzburg, Austria. Moore had written the words and asked Gruber to write the music and a guitar accompaniment for a Christmas Eve service in the little parish in Oberndorf, after a flood had destroyed the parish organ. We Three Kings is a Christmas carol that was written by John Henry Hopkins, Jr. in 1857. At the time of composing the carol, Hopkins served as the rector of Christ Episcopal Church in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and he wrote the carol for a Christmas pageant in New York City. Although he originally worked as a journalist for a New York newspaper and studied to become a lawyer, he chose to join the clergy upon graduation from the University of Vermont. Hopkins studied at the General Theological Seminary in New York City, and after graduating, and being ordained a deacon in 1850. He became its first music teacher, holding the position until 1857, alongside his ministry in the Episcopal Church. The story of the Nutcracker is loosely based on the E.T.A. Hoffman's fantasy story, The Nutcracker and the Mouse King, about a girl who befriends a nutcracker who comes to life on Christmas Eve and wages a battle against the evil Mouse King. Peter Tchaikovsky began work on the musical adaptation in February 1891, continuing his efforts while on an American tour later that year for the opening of Carnegie Hall. 
Selections from the Nutcracker were first performed as an orchestral suite in March of 1892. The ballet, proper, debuted in December of that year. It was presented at St. Petersburg Marinsky Theater. The Nutcracker has become the most frequently performed of all ballets and has served as an introduction to classical music for many young people. Because the first act is set at the Christmas party, the ballet is often presented at Christmas time. O Come All Ye Faithful was originally written in Latin as a Desti Fidelis and is a Christmas carol that has been attributed to various authors, including John Francis Wade, John Reading, King John IV of Portugal, and anonymous Cistercian monks. The earliest printed version is in a book published by Wade, but the earliest manuscript bears the name of King John IV and is located in the library of Ducal Palace of Villa Vicosa. In modern English hymnals, the text is usually credited to Wade. However, this is most likely an error of attribution. The song was sometimes referred to as the Portuguese hymn after the Duke of Leeds. The most commonly named Portuguese author is King John IV. King John was a patron of music and the arts and a considerably sophisticated writer on music and also a composer. Jingle Bells is one of the best-known and commonly sung American songs in the world. It was written by James Lord Pierpont and published under the title One Horse Open Sleigh in the autumn of 1857. It's claimed that it was originally written to be sung by a Sunday school choir or as a drinking song. Although it has no original connection to Christmas, it became associated with Christmas music and the holiday season in general, decades after it was first performed by blackface minstrel performer Johnny Pell in Ordway Hall on September 16, 1857. It was first recorded in 1889 on an Edison cylinder. Angels We Have Heard on High is generally sung to the hymn tune Gloria, a traditional French carol as arranged by Christian Edward Shippen Barnes. Its most memorable feature is its chorus, Gloria in Excelsis Deo, where the O of the Gloria is fluidly sustained through 18 notes of a rising and falling melismatic melodic sequence. The song subject is the birth of Christ as narrated in the Gospel of Luke, specifically the scene in which shepherds outside Bethlehem encounter a multitude of angels singing and praising the newborn child. The lyrics were inspired by, but not an exact translation, of the traditional carol known as Les Angers, the angels in our countryside. Angels We Have Heard on High is the most common English version. George Frederick Handel was a huge proponent of Italian opera in England in the early 1700s and wrote more than 40 of them. But by the 1730s, audiences weren't as interested in them anymore. Handel started shifting gears to accommodate people's changing tastes and began to write English-language oratorios, such as Messiah. The Christian-centric story of the Messiah is all about Jesus, the Messiah, 
and is in three parts. The first starts with the prophecies from the prophets like Isaiah about Jesus' birth. The second part is all about the passion, essentially the end of Jesus' life. And it's at the very end of this second part where we hear the Hallelujah Chorus. The third part is the story of Jesus rising from the dead and eternal life. What's interesting about Messiah is how it's not over-dramatized. The librettist Charles Jennings was very specific about not dramatizing Jesus' life, wanting to make it more about the mysteries of godliness. Amazingly, Handel wrote the music for Messiah in 24 days. That's 259 pages of music and over two hours of runtime. Reception at Handel's Messiah was originally lukewarm, but it gained momentum as time passed. It grew in popularity in the 1750s and beyond after Handel's death. In the late 1700s, Messiah began to be altered for large-scale performances with hundreds of performers and has been a wonderful, crowd-pleasing anthem ever since. Well, Dave and Bill here, and we are glad to have had you with us today as we've looked at some of the background on the hymns that we've played in our goldengems.net. If you haven't heard them, we invite you to go there, and we invite you as well to join with us in future episodes, and in the meantime, we wish you a wonderful and happy Christmas and a very fulfilling New Year. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you're having as much enjoyment as we are reliving some of the unforgettable memories from the golden days of radio. To learn more about the career of today's artist and listen to several of their greatest hits, we invite you to go to our website, www.goldengems.net. May we also encourage you to tell your friends about the show. We would love to have them join us in these little trips down memory lane. And as always, we invite your feedback or comments on Golden Gems Radio at gmail.com. So until next episode, this is Dave and Bill heading back into the archives to dust off some more unforgettable memories to share with you on Golden Gems. <laughs>